This is Iron Mike Stedman. And on this episode of Dog Whistle Branding, I'm joined by fellow Naval Academy graduate, U.S. Navy Riverine officer, and entrepreneur, Mike Taylor, co-founder of BeaverFit USA, a company that designs, manufactures, and distributes unique fitness equipment, tactical operational tools, and turnkey training facilities specific to the military. Mike and the team at BeaverFit are kicking ass and taking names, having since expanded their offerings beyond the military to include first responders, Fortune 100 companies, universities, and countless others. In addition to discussing BeaverFit's go-to-market strategy, Mike shares the importance of market-based feedback and how BeaverFit used it to refine their value prop and hone in on their perfect customer. Before you hear from Mike and I, do me a favor and go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. I'd also greatly appreciate it if you left us a review and shared this show with other badass veteran entrepreneurs looking for a no BS guide to marketing, branding, and category design. All right, Gunny, time to get them ready. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. Welcome to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide weekly tack planning on marketing, brand strategy, and category design for early and growth stage veteran-owned small businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, and CEO of Ironbound Media, a podcast production agency that helps veteran-owned businesses create distribute, and grow branded podcasts in order to engage with your ideal audience. Each week on this series, I coach you through the different marketing, branding, and category design strategies that I've developed over the years to drive revenue and increase customer engagement. Those are the only ROI that matter for a dog whistle brand. I'll also include case studies where I bring on guest SMEs or business owners to provide a debrief on their dog whistle brand strategy. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and our work at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load, Mr. Mike Taylor. Welcome to Dog Whistle, Brandon. Mike, you are the man. Thank you for having us on today. That was quite the intro. Man, I appreciate having you on. Um, you know, my business coach, Bill Watkins, he likes to joke around that uh, his time is worth $10,000 a minute. And your time is definitely worth $10,000 a minute, man. <laughs> and uh, I'm so glad to have you on. And for our listeners, I actually came across Mike at an event probably in 2019. Savor the moment, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to speak um, and talk about the work I was doing with Ironbound. And you pulled me off stage. You're like, man, we got a rap. And uh, mm-hmm. we just got in the hustle and we never had an opportunity to do it. And I was like, man, let me get him on Dog Whistle Brandon to uh, chop it up with our, our listeners for a little bit. So I'm honored to have you on, my brother. No, it was a pleasure to meet you that day. And I remember your speech. I was actually just at a FitOps event this past weekend uh, on uh, Veterans Day, November 11th. So uh, I remember hearing you speak. I was like, yeah, I'm going to grab my man, Mike, and we're going to chat it up afterwards. So uh, pretty cool to be on your podcast after meeting you there in person a couple of years ago. So can you bring our listeners up to speed on who you are and uh, what you got going on at Beaver Fit? 
Oh man, I'll give it the quick and dirty, but uh, you know, Mike and I actually have a similar background. We both went to the Naval Academy. Uh, I played soccer there. Obviously Mike was a boxer there. So we're both athletes at the Naval Academy, which is uh, a unique experience in its own right. We can get into that probably a separate time. Um, but so came up through the Naval Academy playing soccer. I was into sports, um, did my eight years of active duty, uh, mostly in the, the Riverine community. Um, actually a quick, interesting story, especially, you know, talking to veteran entrepreneurs and founders and, uh, thinking of how you apply your experience in the military to your life as an entrepreneur. Um, I was one of the first team members that reported to Riverine squadron one, uh, on the conventional side that was being reestablished since Vietnam. So myself and my other Beaver Fit founder, Alex Rehouse were some of the first two people there. And, and we compare that experience in the military of writing SOPs, figuring out what sort of equipment we were going to. Um, provide to our team members and, and training and all that kind of stuff that we were going to get ready to do to deploy to Iraq. I was like a startup within the military and we learned a ton from that and we apply those lessons learned uh, every day to what we're doing at BeaverFit. Um, so I had that experience in the military Navy and the, the Riverine community. Um, popped out after that. Uh, stayed in the reserve to maybe stay connected a little bit, but I, I worked at a company called TRX Suspension Training for a couple of years. My first job uh, out of the Navy, uh, I was in sales, just getting after it, hitting the ground, uh, demonstrating that product and selling it back to the military. So it was great to be uh, connected to the military in that way when I got out and um, met some folks uh, actually in the UK that were doing interesting things in the fitness space, a guy named Tom Beaver. Um, they had these really cool products. There was container gyms that he was converting into uh, little fitness facilities, and it was demoed at the Olympics in London. And I remember seeing it, and that was next. You know, we were doing the TRX. It was this expeditionary training tool, but everybody wanted to get you know kettlebells and barbells and bumper plates into the expeditionary environment for the military. So when I saw the proof of concepts that Tom pulled together for the UK military immediately knew like that, that that was it. And we established a partnership with Tom and his family and, and myself and Alex Rehouse um, started Beaver Fit North America back in 2014. Um, and, and from there, you know, our focus has been um, honestly building the best team ever. And you know, we've got about a hundred people now, 80% um, of us are veterans or um, dependents um, and kind of, we have that little wider view of a veteran because, you know, the, the kids and the spouses serve just as much as the, the military members do. So, um, we've got this incredible team and, uh, really expanded our product beyond, um, that container gym that was the initial idea. Um, and it have been getting after it. I just want to say that's badass and Beaver Fit is badass because when I was there with you, I pulled out, you know, my phone and I was like, oh man, like, holy shit, mm -hmm. you know? And I was in Okinawa when we were getting yeah. out of those. And I love that you were, you would mm -hmm. like commercialize this thing to introduce it into new markets. So. You know, me and you were talking about, you know, even before we press record, how there's a lot of uh, programs and resources out there about, you know, starting a business, value prop, et cetera. But go to, going to market is a whole different beast. And I tell people, yo, business is a contact sport. And the nice thing is you said you had a sales background. So I automatically know you were getting after it. So pull us up to speed on how you, once you came into Beaver Fit, what was it like taking it to market or taking it to that next level? Yeah. I mean, uh, we always say sometimes you got to just send it uh, and, and you could sit, you know, in, in your uh, boardroom, for lack of better words, or your office or wherever you're doing your thing in your living room. And you can iterate and iterate and iterate and try and think that you have 
um, the best solution out there. But if you don't get feedback from the market uh, as soon as possible, then you'll never know you're going down the completely wrong path. And, and I would say when it comes to bringing things to market, we've always prided ourselves in, in market-based feedback. Like uh, for, for us, our main customer being the military, the people with the best ideas or the best feedback are going to be your end users and your customers. So from the very beginning, we tried to engage folks uh, on the ground, you know, belly to belly, you know, face to face. Say, hey man, what do you think? Is this going to solve a problem for you? Um, and actually like help build the capability that you need to improve your life or ask them like, what does it take to win for you guys? And does our product help you win? Uh, and we were really focused on that and got incredible feedback from our customers in early on. I think it was the big one because, like I said, you can do prototypes and renderings and drawings and all that kind of stuff over and over and over again. But if you never share them with your customers and get their feedback, um, you, you sometimes can go down the wrong path. Before you came on the Beaver Fit, who was the perfect customer in their minds with the Beaver family? Like, who are they mainly mainly selling to? Yeah, they were selling to the military, and um, honestly, it was really focused on deployed locations. And, you know, specifically with our container gym, which was our core product at the time. Now we do a lot of stuff and I can, uh, we'll talk maybe about a more formal go-to-market process that we have now outside of when we were a startup. When we were a startup, we were saying yes to everything uh, and getting out there. But in the beginning, who we thought our customer was only deployed units because um, they could take this box with them or this container with them. And it was just like they were transporting their ammunition or their communications equipment. Now they're transporting their human performance equipment and the same logistics. Um, and what we realized after getting feedback is like, whoa, um, our market's much bigger. Uh, folks, uh, uh, even in, back at home in Garrison or on post um, at their home locations, there's one fitness center on base. And that has to serve you know, all the different units on base and sometimes transiting from your, your daily workspace or your unit uh, to that fitness center took 15 minutes each way. So now you're wasting 30 minutes of your time. And we realized then that, oh, our, our customer base just expanded. So now units are buying this to put it in their workspace. And in the Army and the Marine Corps, we're damn near at company level issue where there's a container gym sitting right outside the company HQ and, and morning PT folks are getting after it uh, with all that equipment and, and training is included and all kinds of stuff. So it, it's been an interesting journey, you know, specifically on that container gym to see uh, the market expand quite a bit. And then, you know, honestly, even outside the military, um, I mean, the, the situation we just went through with COVID, like we planned our flag a while ago, with outdoor fitness. It's like, man, that's, that's who we are. That's what we did for the military. And commercially, whether we talk universities or clubs, in the past, everyone's like, yeah, we kind of like to work out outside, but, you know, it, there's some challenges to it. Like, uh, what do we do with the equipment? If you want to have a squat rack or a rig, how do you anchor it? And, and, and we quickly realized that, oh, smokes, we got this product that solves those two problems. You know, the box itself or the container acts as the anchor to the rig. The container is storage for the equipment so the trainers don't have to drag it in and out. Um, so now we've expanded commercially and we've got universities putting these things um, outside of their student rec facilities or next to their practice fields for athletics and um, high-end clubs creating outdoor boot camps you know, right in their parking lots off of our product. Um, so it, it's been an interesting, you know, again, just on that product line, how what we originally thought it was for is this expeditionary deployed fitness resource. And now um, it's being used in a number of different ways. That feedback loop is so important. And I'm with you on that. You know, I, you, some people call it market feedback. You know, I call it bracketing. Right. I'm trying to take military lingo that we learned 
from our time in the service and apply it to business. Cause I hate the premise that, Oh, veterans don't know business. We know a hell of a lot about business. We just haven't been made to learn uh, how, what we do in the military translate. So once you, you know, you launch and you start adjusting, right. You start bracketing. Mm -hmm. And once you find out what's working, you find that perfect customer fire for effect. Yep. No, a hundred percent. And then adjust fires is necessary. Like I said, like, you know, we had to adjust fires. We thought our market was this and it's not. And, I mean, going even deeper than that, that product has evolved. We had to adjust fires because, you know, some folks aesthetically don't like the look of a shipping container in the commercial space. Like, okay, cool. We can build a, a box that's aesthetically pleasing, that doesn't have the corrugated steels, and we can brand it up and, and make it look nice and sexy for those commercial customers. And we call that the shred share. So after we fired for effect like crazy, it's okay. Now we're getting more feedback. We have to adjust fire a little bit based on our customers and, and feedback and continue to evolve. So I would say going back to go to market and uh, I don't like the term minimal viable product, but it's something like you have to have a product. You have to get it out there and, you know, just own the fact that there might be some things that you know you need to improve, but get that feedback first and then um, start iterating and improving on it. And don't think that you have all of the answers right away. When you bought into the company, this was 2014, how long had they been in existence? Um, they started in the UK in a, about 2010. Um, so it's an interesting story. I said that the fitness side started in 2010. Uh, it was actually a multi-generation bridge building company. They were building walking bridges uh, throughout the United Kingdom uh, in municipalities and parks and, and on farms and stuff like that. So uh, Tom, you know, our partner there and uh, is the son, his dad, Jim was the one that had the bridge building business with his older brother, Henry. So they had an existence called Beaver Bridges, but uh, Tom was a former SAS guy in the reserves uh, way into fitness and knew how to weld because he came up on bridges and he started just welding, you know, CrossFit style rigs and stuff like that back in 2010. Um, and then like I said, we formally brought it here in 2014 to the U S so, and when you brought on still relatively a startup, what did your marketing stack look like? Like, cause that's the other thing, right? Like how are, how are you marketing? How are you, you know, people say, get yourself out there and all that kind of stuff. Like what yeah. was your go-to? What was, what were you doing? Well, and it's funny. It was a little bit different back in the day. You know, there was social media, but it wasn't like it is now. Um, so uh, I was lucky that a, a close friend of ours was a graphic designer. So, okay. Um, got, got me a, a graphic designer who paid her as a 1099. She, she got a logo together for us. And um, we did some very rudimentary, what I would call a spec sheet. Basic information, you got an image on there um, and, and you've got a quick write-up about what the product is and some bullet points of those features. And, and we got that out there um, and we really focused on the problems that we're trying to solve for our customers. And, and that particular thing is like, hey, our customer was the military. We knew that right away. And we had some prior feedback from, you know, where we came from in the TRX space that um, there was a product market fit. Um, so we, we had a good assumption that we had a product market fit. Uh, and, you know, we started getting out there again, face to face with our customers saying, hey, here's this spec sheet. Um, check it out. You know, let us know what you think. Um, we did go to some industry events. Again, we were aware of these industry events that were out there and we had the product on display, you know, specifically in the Marine Corps uh, at Modern Day Marine. It's this big trade show in Quantico and they've got tanks and airplanes, not a single fitness company there. Uh, we're the only fitness company there and we've got our little container gym uh, on display next to these tanks and, and different aircraft and stuff like that. Um, and that was a, a great way to get that feedback and, and you know, buying was pretty quick. How did you get access to the economic buyer? You know, I'm, if it's the military, I'm thinking it's like the procurement officer or, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm also thinking, right, like I'm a big proponent of perfect customer. 
to someone who likes you, loves you, pays you a premium for your product or service, the kind that make us enjoy being an entrepreneur. And when yeah. I think about the military, I'm thinking it can be a pain in the ass sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, in dealing with like getting paid on time, uh, you know, that kind of run around. And it's nice that you've kind of gotten in, but for people on the outside that are thinking about going after those kind of government contracts, there's a lot of, uh, ambiguity there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lots of instructions in the military and, um, you know, if, if you like taking naps during the day when you're working, uh, pick up a, a military procurement instruction and, and read the uh, Defense Author- Authorization Act or the, the FAR, the Federal Acquisition Regulations. Um, it'll make you fall asleep at your desk for sure. Um, but I mean, Mike, we're, we're lucky. Sometimes you got to get lucky. You can't always just be, be good and be right. Uh, we were lucky. We came from that background. Um, and honestly, our first customer, that perfect customer, uh, understood the procurement process. And, on, and he coached us through a lot of that stuff. And now, but I'll be honest with you now, our sales team, our biz dev team, they're coaching um, our customers through that process probably more than they're selling our product. Um, because specifically in this niche market being the government space or government contracting, like you're saying, procurement can be difficult. And even our customers, meaning like sometimes um, the influencers, right? Uh, the Bubba's at the unit that are into fitness and they want to train like crazy and they want our stuff and they're going to their um, supply shop or their finance, or even their company commander, the brigade commander saying, Hey, we need this stuff. Uh, how do we get it? And then we coach them, you know, through that. Um, so that's one thing. And then, you know, honestly, as you educate yourself more uh, at this point, we have a lot of uh, contract vehicles in place to allow people to purchase it. But in the beginning, um, the Marine Corps was our first customer. And honestly, it was, um, on the, the morale, welfare and recreation side, uh, that had a big demand for our product because as at that time, Marines were deploying like crazy still and they needed equipment to support them in those deployed locations. And, and we answered that question. So they had, they had budget, uh, they had a requirement um, and, they, and they had a purchase vehicle. And I think those are the couple of things you're talking about. And it, it, you just got to educate yourself and learn. And if, you know, uh, and once you slow down and take time to learn it, um, then it, then it's repeatable. There are times there, you know, sometimes you have to educate yourselves in ways that you would never think. And looking back, man, I wish I paid way more attention to the supply sergeant uh, that was buying stuff. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we had to learn more about that when we got out. Supply. Uh, what is the word? Everybody's looking supply chain management, right? Those guys oh, yeah. are booming, you know, mm-hmm. solving hard problems. So let's use this as a teachable moment for our listeners. So a couple things. Right. The first thing you had a market demand. There was a pool. They were already looking for ways to, you know, um, get Marines more fit. Right. Thinking outside the box. The fact that you had a relationship with the military already being an academy grad, having your network appears. Right. We call that a tactical advantage in the Mm -hmm. ecosystem. And then this is key. Mike gained a foothold with the Marines. That's where he flowed his business through. So when you launch, right, you know, sometimes you're trying to spray and pray all over there, but look inside, look where there's an opportunity, look where you have a tactical advantage and see where can I gain a foothold? You know, for me with Ironbound Media, I got my foothold with Bunker Labs. That was a big uh, uh, client for me to launch uh, Ironbound Media with. And I took mm-hmm. that and uh, basically ran with it. Um, so again, you know, and, it, and it, I like that you share that too, because people are they see people where they are now and they don't understand. It starts with really that one, you know, really going after those, that one key account. That one key account. Cause um, everybody's a copycat and, and testimonials and case studies. They're so important. But if you get that one customer, you got that relationship, 
you know what, take advantage of it. I'm not saying exploit it, but heck yeah, like get after it and make sure that you capture that story. And then, you know, you can replicate that story in the problem you solve from them. And of that first customer, ask these questions, document it. Um, so that again, you can retell it and there's no, no better marketing than word of mouth. No matter what we say about all the channels and whatnot, but from a marketing perspective these days that we can put out there, it's about word of mouth and you've got to focus on that customer experience. So when you get that customer, you've got to knock it out of the park um, and serve that customer to the nth degree. So he thinks that um, it's the best thing since sliced bread. And when he's, you know, at the Oak Club later or, you know, in a morning workout, he's telling everybody about their experience they had with you, not only from a product perspective, but how you treat them as a customer and the fact that you're in it for the long run. So your startup marketing stack was your sales deck. That's a salesman. You throw a picture on there, price mm-hmm. points, let's go do it. You did the trade shows and then you leverage relationships to orchestrate uh, referrals, warm referrals. Now, as you evolve, right now, you got like a hundred people, right? What was the next marketing stack that you started to implement to get to that next level? Yeah, um, it's an interesting thing. And we're still kind of going through that, to be honest with you. And I would tell you, it still comes that that customer feedback. So um, once we had those deep relationships, now, now, we're, now we're in, right? You know, you're, you're inside uh, the, the secret society, you're in the clubhouse. And now it's like, okay, what resources do we have available, in this case, at BeerFit, that we can apply to solve other problems? So once you have that customer once, um, can I make them a customer for something else? So we just started asking questions like, hey, what other problems do you have? Uh, and that's how our, our product line evolved, to be honest with you. So um, now we're doing obstacle courses and, and shoot houses. Um, we're building these tension fabric structures that are like field houses for them to train in uh, and have this very diversified product line uh, within a single customer base, because that's so important. If you have a customer that you trust, um, let, let's continue to evolve our product line to, to serve them because customer acquisition is hard. You got them, continue to provide value in a number of different ways um, so that um, that ecosystem just continues to build. And then it's that word of mouth just repeating itself. Um, so I would say that, you know, as we're moving forward, our, our slide deck now is more of a capabilities brief. Um, and it's saying, hey, here's what we can bring to bear, but it still it still has to be customer focused. And you know, what are what problems do you have? How can we solve them? And I'll be honest with you, everyone's trying to be solution oriented these days. My question to customers is like, hey, what capability are you missing? How can we help you build that capability so you can win? Uh, because this is a partnership between uh, us as you know the vendor and you as the customer, and we're in it together. And our goal is to win as a team. Uh, and, and I would say that our, we're more focused on that now than ever. Uh, it's helping our customers win and doing what it takes. You know, even when I think about me at Ironbound Media, I'm hiring for jobs to be done, right? It's mm-hmm. like the capabilities, right? Like having a writer, having, can you edit audio? You know, can mm-hmm. you help me make marketing and branding assets, right? That's what, you know, I'm looking for. So it makes sense that you guys are noticing that too. And there's a lot of money, like you said, to be had in existing clients. We spend mm-hmm. so much time blood, sweat, and tears trying to get sales. And then all of a sudden you get them and you try to go on to the next one instead of yep. saying like, yo, how can I serve this customer to the nth degree? hundred percent. It's that servant attitude. And that's why honestly, like we love hiring veterans. We get that. We understand what it's like to serve. And we apply that same, you know, sort of desire and mentality to our customers. Cause it's, yeah, it's customer acquisition is tough. Uh, it's the hardest thing out there. Uh, treat them like gold when you have them. 
what role has brand strategy played in the elevation of uh, Beaver Fit? You know, in the sense of like who you are, what you stand for, how that equates to the kind of culture and the talent that you attract. Yeah, um, it's been interesting. And I think that, you know, to start with, you know, uh, we've been pretty quiet about it and, and really humble. And, and now we're starting to tell our story a little bit more. But I'll be honest with you, in the beginning, our heads were down and we were focused on product and acquiring customers. And, and you know, good, bad or indifferent, and nothing against brand, brand standard strategists. That, that was like an afterthought. We're like shit, like we're, we're a product company. Let's focus. If we've got a, if our product is kick ass, that product is going to develop into our brand. And I would say that that's what has happened is like we, we focus on our product and, and how we differentiate ourselves, and that has grown into our brand at Beaverfit. Um, and, and people tell us, like, man, you guys got an awesome story, like bridge building, veteran owned, and now you're doing a bunch of stuff in the commercial space in American manufacturing. So I, I will tell you that um, it, it has evolved, and it's the same thing. One of those things, like hey. Don't try to get it perfect right away. Um, get out there, tell your story, get feedback, and, and it can adjust. Um, and I think that's how we've looked at it. And honestly, it's still it's evolving all the time. Um, and not saying we were always changing our strategy and whatnot, but it's always evolving. So from our perspective, um, in the industry that we serve, we really allowed the product to define our brand. Um, and now it's about the team. And I'll tell you, like our, you know, when we have people come visit. Um, they tell us to the, to the person, dang, the vibe you guys got going at Beaver Fit is just different. I don't know what it is. Like how you guys communicate, how you treat each other. Everyone's a teammate and in it for the mission, no matter like what position they're in. And, uh, and I tell folks all the time, that's our number one asset is the team. We just got a bunch of kick-ass team members um, that want to grind, get after it, but also, you know, have fun and, and are in it for the mission. And, you know, uh, that has even further defined our brand beyond, you know, our, the product that you know originally defined it you know when we first met right i was like i've never heard of beaver fit and i'm looking at your mm -hmm. social and i'm looking at your photos everything is super dope right but mm -hmm. you it's the sales background in you right it took me a while yeah. to learn that that like yo man i can launch a venture today on a white paper and i'm just going to go out there and sell the product or service that i'm offering because that's the most important thing mm -hmm. especially for a startup founder and i'm not talking about brand in the sense of hype you know look at me mm -hmm. and there's a lot of hype now they're guys, I'm not even on Facebook, right? I barely post on Instagram and my business kicked ass this year, both on the nonprofit and the for-profit front. So for Ironbound Boxing, when I first started, I was very much brand heavy, externally mm -hmm. facing. But when I launched Ironbound Media, it was basically a ghost company. You know, got my first client, got my second client, start flowing forces through and start expanding. And you kind of had that mentality early on and that's why you were successful. Most people don't have that. Yeah, no, I agree, Mike. And I think you've already lost for a second. I appreciate that feedback, but I think you're doing as well. It's like, hey, guys, let your product define your brand. If you've got a kick-ass product, that's going to define your brand uh, just as much as anything. Because you know what? Again, nothing against you know brand agencies and, and designers and stuff like that. If you've got a badass logo and marketing spec sheet and all this stuff, but your product sucks, yeah. you're done. So to me... And that's why we're talking about go-to-market, right? We're talking about that go-to-market process. Um, it's about that product. You, like, focus just as much on your product as your brand and the two will come together magically. And I want to add in there market need too, right? Because you can have a kick-ass product, but if nobody's spending money to solve the issue, right? Then yeah. you're going to find yourself, you know, stuck, right? But 
having a demand for something combined with a kick-ass product, combined with a badass founder like you, founder, product, fit, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, it, off to the races. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And then build that team behind it and then and you're you're winning, man. So for our listeners that are tuning in, right, as you start to look back on your journey, is there anything you felt like you did wrong, right? Like uh, mistakes you made that you're like, damn, from a marketing, branding perspective, I would have go back and done things a little different? Man, every day. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'll give an example, and I'm not going to say this was the wrong choice, but it's something that we discuss a lot. So, um, you know, we started the, the Beaverford brand in the UK. We brought it here. Um, and uh, in the beginning, we were building these container gyms or outfitting these facilities and the stuff that went inside um, we were buying from other companies. So the, the kettlebells, the barbells, all that kind of stuff we were getting from other companies. Um, and then we, we got up to the volume. We're like, man, like one, we're getting this stuff from other companies. And, uh, we were honestly personally bummed out that it was all coming from overseas. It wasn't made here in the U S. Um, and eventually we had enough volume. We're like, okay, we can start making our own barbells, bumper plates, kettlebells, stuff like that. You know, should we just get it from where everyone else is? And we're like, yeah, let's try to do something different. Let's make it here in the U S. So like, okay, well, let's start a U.S. made accessory brand. And then when it came to the naming of that, I'm like, man, we hold beaver fit sacred. That's the steel that our, our guys down in the fabrication shop are, are cutting, welding, we're powder coating. That that's beaver fit because we put our, our blood, sweat, and tears into it. We made it. So we're not making this stuff. Should we put beaver fit on it or something else? And uh, at that time, we chose to put another brand called Gray Man Gear. So Gray Man is like a, a military idea that you want to be the best but you don't want to really tell anyone about it. You want to be under the radar because when you're going through selection or boot camp or something like that, if you're screaming from the rooftops that you're you're the most fit dude, you're the badass ass guy there, the instructor's gonna come in there and beat you down. Uh, so for us, we're like, hey, gray man means under the radar, still the best, but we're not gonna scream about it. So we started this gray man gear accessory brand that we still have today. We'll make awesome barbells, bumper plates, kettlebells, medicine balls, all here in the US. And now that's what goes along with our container products. Um, but we called it Gray Man Gear. So now we're in this challenge where we have two brands. Um, we have Gray Man Gear, uh, powered by BeaverFit is what we're saying right now, or BeaverFit's accessory line is Gray Man Gear. Then we have obviously the BeaverFit brand. So, um, and that's one thing. And then, you know, uh, we made some other mistakes along the way, like uh, when we started our, our tactical line of equipment, we make rappel towers and shoot houses and obstacle courses. We had first called that Beaver SOE. And we had like swords through the logo and all this crazy stuff. Um, but the people didn't know us as that. People knew us as beer fit. Um, so uh, that was another one that we kind of, you know, did, did a little bit of a, a renaming, but it didn't quite hit. And now we're coming back to uh, just being beer fit and saying beer fit has human performance equipment and then, you know, special operations or tactical equipment. So I think those are. Uh, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. A couple when of I launched Ironbound Media, right? So I, I was at that same decision point. I was mm -hmm. pivoting away from teaching corporate boxing because that was my for-profit model. And I'm launching Ironbound Media. And I go to my business coach and I got a, you know, I'm part of the Lions Pride. And uh, we had a, I forgot what it's called, boardroom session. So I'm on there with all the other founders. And I was like, I'm promoting this concept of dog whistle branding as a new marketing and branding category for veteran-owned businesses. Kind of marketing and branding that gets you to eat what you kill. You know, not vanity, mm -hmm. metrics, clicks, all that nonsense. And yep. so I was toying with the idea, do I launch my new venture as Dog Whistle Media or do I call it Ironbound Media? And my business coach, shout out to Bill Watkins, he was like, 
they'd stick with Ironbound Media. And the thing was, I did one of those uh, MBA consortium classes, you know, the MBA consultant classes. And they were like, oh, we think you should uh, do a different name. But I went to the Lions Pride and they were like, everybody knows you for Ironbound Boxing. Everybody knows you as Iron yeah. Mike. Do it as Ironbound Media. Man, I'm so glad I made that decision. <laughs> you're right you're having to fight a different battle now are there some people out there that like oh ironbound box ironbound media but to be honest most of my clients they get it they've been following the journey they know we do podcasts so it's like yep. the connection is there uh, it's, it's tough and you know all i would say is in general and that stuff like like we learn in the military right mike like keep it simple because uh, sometimes uh, you know, it, it, what might sound great in, in, in your office, in the conference room is, and now when you try to tell your story to your customers, they're like, wait, what? Uh, and that's like what I just tried to say with Gray Man Gear. That's like a longer story than it should be, right? To explain, you know, why we named it that and not. And we're sticking with it and we're developing that brand because it's, uh, it's there now. But looking back, like, hey, would we do that again? I'm not sure. Like, uh, but it, it, it's, it's an interesting like, thing to look back at and, uh, and take a second look. So as we wrap up, because I know your time is worth $10,000 a minute. Oh, man. I would, love you, I would love for one thing, you to leave our listeners with like three key points that they should think about as they're executing their own go-to-market strategy. And then I want you to let us know how we can help you win. Because at the end of the day, the more veteran-owned businesses that succeed and kick ass and, uh, you know, people are watching us, right? You see this, what is it? Uh, the great resignation. A lot of people are unfamiliar yeah. with their jobs. And so we need to see you succeed. And so let us know how we can help you win and uh, anything else you'd like to, to leave with our audience today. Oh, man. Uh, when it says go to market, um, you know, uh, I'd say a couple things. Uh, one, uh, full send, like take chances. Like if you don't take the chance, you don't know. Don't try to sit there in your conference room and make it perfect. Send it. Uh, and, and I'm a skier by heart. So that, and guys make fun of me. And we even had a, a company mantra full send and we just went we just go for it and so you gotta take chances um and, and you know what you're gonna you're gonna mess up you're gonna fail we've done it a million times here um but that's how you're gonna learn and get better so i'd say full send take chances um number two and I, we talk about it a lot um focus on your customers um that is number one important uh and it's not transactional it's about the relationship let them know that you're in it for the long haul and like we talked about a number of times that you're here for to help them win um and then third, uh, you know, this is more bigger picture and I'm big on it is the team. Like, our, like I said a couple of times, our, our mission here is to build the best team ever. You've got incredible team members. It makes work coming to work fun every day. Uh, you know, we might you know get at each other every once in a while. Um, but in, in the end, you know, uh, if there's a disagreement, the answer is somewhere in the middle. We, we have that kind of active discussion and talk it out. So um, you still got to have a good team. You cannot do it by yourself. Uh, focus on hiring team members that are better than you uh, or, you know, identify what your weaknesses are um, and fill in those gaps with other team members. Uh, like I'm the worst writer out there. My wife makes fun of me all the time. My family, uh, Alex, my, the, the, the business partner, literature arts major from Notre Dame. Yes, win. Uh, so uh, I'd say those couple things. Um, man, uh, how do we help each other win? Uh, how do we help I think it's just. Win? Yeah. Um, I think it's helping spread the word. You know, uh, we've been focused on the military. We're explaining commercially. Our focus is always going to be on the military. Um, 
and this is a quick soapbox, like we're, we're into it. The military fitness has changed. Um, it, it's all about the human weapon system now. And they're identifying the individual service member as a weapon system. So I know you were a weapon back in the day, Iron Mike, but now everybody is being treated like a weapon system. And the motivating thing behind that is they're going to be maintained like a weapon system. So just like that aircraft that has that reoccurring maintenance, and we understand you know, what that aircraft needs to perform uh, up to its optimum performance, um, the service members are the same way now. Um, so uh, that is always going to be our focus in the military, but uh, outside the military, um, you know, we're into outdoor fitness. So I would say for us, if, if you run across beer fit, uh, get outside and train, uh, have fun, um, and and let's let's promote each other. You know, we're this um, this kind of new breed of, of veteran entrepreneurs coming out there. I think doing incredible things, and you know, following you and what you're doing with um, the Ironbound Boxing and Mita, it, it motivates the shit out of me. And I think that we just need to continue to uh, build each other up when, when we see stuff, you know, on social channels or other things. Uh, promote each other, um, share each other's stories. Um, and I think that, you know, as a group, we can continue to elevate each other um, and be this you know, incredible generation of entrepreneurs that came out of, you know, um, Iraq and Afghanistan, learn trial by fire um, and, and elevate each other. You're right, man. It is exciting that we're that next generation. You know, especially when you're that like yeah. young plebe and you hear about those older academy grads, and now those guys look mm -hmm. at us and we're kind of stepping up and the people ahead of us, they're getting older, they're retiring. You know, I'm, I'm yes. a, uh, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a, a Hoover veteran fellow at the Hoover Institute out at Stanford. Um, oh, dude, I just saw you post that, man. I'm, I'm just pumped. That is, that is awesome. And congrats, my man, like well-deserved. I appreciate it, man. And uh, being out there though, but you know, I look up to Jim Collins. I look up to the mm -hmm. Peter Druckers of the world, like these prolific thought leaders that people still reference today. And I see that I'm like, man, like our generation needs that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'll step up and I'll read and I'll write and I'll produce content. And, you know, Peter Drucker wrote 30 books. Well, Mike Stedman might produce 30 podcasts. And so, you know, it's a yeah. golden opportunity for us. And I appreciate you being on this platform. And I would say the other thing, Mike, if you're running across people for anybody else, uh, you know, listening to this podcast is running across people like, send them our way. Like we're looking to expand our team uh, and we love hiring veterans or, or athletes or anything like that. Um, for people that want to learn, like even now, like transitioning folks, there's this, um, this uh, military skills internship program. As you're transitioning out, you can come uh, still getting paid for the military and do an internship with a company. We've had multiple examples of people who have done uh, army skills internship programs or Navy skills internship programs with the Navy, uh, learned what we do here. Some of them have turned into jobs here. Some of them have it. So I think that's the other one. Like I said, it's all focused on the team. If anybody on this podcast runs across someone um, that just wants to be part of what I think is the best team ever, uh, send them our way because we think that's how uh, this business is really going to sustain and scale is by building the kick-ass team. Mike, how can people get a hold of you? Where can they find you at? For sure. Um, you know, from a Beaver Fit perspective, um, checking out our website, uh, beaverfitusa.com or on Instagram, you know, the Beaver Fit USA handle. And then besides that, personally, uh, even like how we just connected, Mike, like LinkedIn is a magical tool. I can't imagine if LinkedIn was out there when we were getting out, going through the transition, like reach out to me on LinkedIn, just search my profile, Michael Taylor Beaver Fit, uh, hit me up with a message, just like, I mean, instead and I, we were connected before, um, but it was just easier to shoot me a note on LinkedIn, get reconnected, rekindle that relationship and, and turn it into this quick podcast. So uh, if you want to connect personally and, and have a quick chat about, 
the transition and the journey uh, that we're all going on, hit me up on LinkedIn, shoot me a quick message and it's easy to connect. Well, Mike, man, I appreciate you again for coming on the show and uh, our listeners, y'all heard them as y'all come across opportunities, engage their content, tag them. You find one of those Beaver Fit facilities, man, get out your phone, take a photo and let's uh, elevate the Beaver Fit brand amongst our amongst our network, helping each other succeed. Uh, make sure you all do me a favor and subscribe to the Dog Whistle Brandon uh, newsletter on Substack at the link in the show notes, as well as on your favorite podcast hosting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to today. And if you'd like me to cover a particular topic on the show or you got a guest recommendation, please shoot me an email at mike at weareironbound.com or message me directly on LinkedIn. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, have a great rest of your week. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we help veteran business leaders create, distribute, and grow branded podcast series in order to engage with their ideal audience. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is also powered by the Lion's Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders that serves mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veterans and other badass business owners at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. Thank you.